0: who is your daddy and what does he do always be closing always be closing hello and welcome to the young recruiter podcast my name is matthew pope and thanks for tuning in this is episode two and it's about the stage of moving a candidate through a process so obviously now we've registered them got their information, found out their interests, presumably presented them with a particular opportunity or set of opportunities that they could be interested in and that we believe match what they're looking for as well. So now we're going to send them over to a client, a customer for review. And to see, hopefully, if they will, if we're doing our jobs correctly, and we know what the uh, the customer wants, the client wants, then we can book in a first stage interview, be it a telephone call, a Skype call, or a face-to-face interview, depending on the particular process of that client or customer. So, first things first. Then, before even sending the profile over, um, presumably we've we'll have had a conversation with a client or customer prior to this. Um, to find out their exact requirements, if they've got anything specific, or perhaps if we have an established relationship with them and they're on a preferred supplier list, a PSL, and um, all they do is release job descriptions and you don't need specific discussions about uh, specific roles in order to, to know whether someone's a match, because you know what they look for as an organisation. If they're you know, telecommunications, or they on a telecommunications background, finance, they want a finance background, Um, A consulting organisation might want a consultancy background or a background for the particular project that they're intending to put the person on. So being aware of any of those factors is obviously key. So we want to check the match of the candidate to the client on a few key areas. So skills, first off, are they even a correct fit for the job? What have they been doing historically? Are they, in the case of IT, if they're a Java developer, um, are they a back-end Java developer? or do they uh, work as a full stack java, java developer and know HTML, CSS and JavaScript? Do they know any other JS frameworks? Um, are there any other additional things that are required? So typically you'll find job descriptions broken down into a set of primary skills and a set of secondary skills with the primary skills being uh, mandatory and the secondary skills being more nice-to-haves um, although sometimes those definitions can be used um, in different ways you could have people who are looking for secondary skills and the secondary skills must be present but they will just be used on a less regular basis and so they're a secondary in the job themselves rather than secondary in terms of the person actually having them so getting that clarified is important generally it'll be the first case of the secondary skills tend to be nice to have sometimes they have been called a plus or a um, you know, a highly preferred things like that. Various degrees of uh, interest in certain tools and technologies. And then we have salary, of course. Um, sometimes customers don't typically, well, not typically, but they sometimes don't want to give out a specific range just because they don't want to limit themselves in terms of the profiles that they're able to look at um, rather than leaving the judgment call to us on saying, you know, is this person good value for money relative to the experience? They often like to do it themselves, and so sometimes won't put uh, ranges in place. But typically, uh, they'll they will offer a, a range of salaries that they are interested in and uh, able to look at in the first place, purely for budgeting reasons. Obviously, once fees come in from the recruiter side, they have to take that into account too. So important to get that established because you know the higher someone's salary, typically the higher the fee that we looking at in terms of um, them then paying it out unless of course we're on some kind of fixed fee um, scenario Uh, obviously talking in in, in the permanent sense here. So then um, uh, requirements um, do they? So we mentioned skills, obviously. Have tools and technologies. They have the right number of years with the right number of t- with the right tools, um, matching in those areas. Um, are there anything else in terms of background um, that they're looking for specifically as well? Then location. Can they even get to the job in the first place? Um, does the customer specifically want people who are nearby the office? Because maybe there's an on-call element to the job, or maybe. Um, they want uh, people to be able to work remotely but also to be able to come in if necessary and so need that flexibility there. Maybe distance is completely irrelevant because you know they offer full-time remote working. Um, maybe distance is irrelevant because the customer site is actually next to where the person lives and the head office is in a different place. So knowing that information up front also key. So. Then obviously we go about writing um, the email or or perhaps the linkedin message uh, depending on how you're choosing to communicate with your clients Uh, sometimes it may even be a whatsapp or sometimes you could just even call them uh, ahead of time and just you know describe the uh, particular person that you've spoken to varying levels and uh, varying different setups of uh, relationships between um you know yourselves or ourselves and the clients uh, who we're working with so typically will be an email though and um, obviously you'll want to summarize this key information now don't get me wrong some clients will uh, largely ignore what you've written down and just go straight to the CV so perhaps in some cases you'll want to highlight specific pieces of information in bold uh, but we'll get to that uh, towards the end of the list of uh, important pieces of information. So uh, the person's name obviously, uh, the person's title. Jumping back quickly, just thought of another thing that we need to check before sending. If they have already been represented to that organisation, obviously we don't want to send them again. Um, obviously under the new GDPR uh, regulations and um, we Need to tell everybody up front which organisations they are being sent over to, um, rather than saying, you know, uh, in a more general sense, are you happy to be represented to uh, our clients, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll give you a bit of a short list of those who come back, and uh, and then you can make the decision once you know who's going to uh, be interested in interviewing you, rather than us going through a large list of clients and then maybe you know anywhere between 25 to, to 50% of those coming back and, and saying that they would like to interview you. Instead, you only get the ones which you know are going to be interested in. Therefore, don't waste any time reading into organizations that potentially aren't even interested in your particular profile in the first place, for whatever reason that may be. So, once we've established that they also definitely haven't been over to the client, they can give us a list of organizations that they've been represented to within the last six months or within the last three months, depending on the terms and you know specific arrangements and so on. Once that's out of the way, we're putting the email together. We're telling the client their name, their title. So, are they a Java developer, for a sort of front end developer, .dot NET developer? Are they junior, media, senior? Um, media, obviously, being the uh, the Dutch word for uh, mid level, or you know, uh, sometimes it's just omitted completely. We just say, oh, someone's a Java developer when their immediate level, although uh, it's often implied through the amount of experience that they have. Um, Then their location, obviously we want to put that in so the client can work it out themselves so that they're assured of the fact that if they offer the person the job that they uh, are within commuting distance of the office. If they're not within commuting distance of the office, we need to put a reason as to why we feel comfortable sending them over in the first place. Um, are they uh, you know, actively We're looking to relocate? Have they previously lived in the country and are looking to uh, return? Are they you know, are away on a sabbatical? And that's why they're out of the country at the moment. So any unusual situations obviously need to be justified to uh, remove any cause for concern. Um, years of experience again this can be checked by looking at the cv which will also be attached to this uh, email that we're sending over Um, but how many years of experience do they have therefore how much uh, you know depth of technical knowledge whilst it doesn't necessarily translate to somebody being um, uh, you know particularly good it is a a, one of the better indicators for um, somebody uh, having a depth of experience you know somebody who's done uh, nine to five, working as a developer in a particular area is obviously going to have, uh, you know, that many hours of experience. But somebody who's working eight till eight is perhaps, um, mm. you know, accelerating at a much faster rate. Obviously, depending on the individual, perhaps they, you know, were working from eight till eight because they need more hours to do the same job. But uh, it all depends on the specifics. So, any specifics they need highlighting regarding years of experience definitely include that in there as well. Technical match, so against the client's specification that they've released to us or the information that they've sold us over the phone, how close of a match is the particular individual? Do they um, tick all the boxes, to use that phrase? Um, They've got every single primary requirement that is necessary. Now this is again depend on the customer and the client who you're sending it over to, but typically they uh, will have specified up front to say look we're a little bit flexible with regards to the primary requirements or every single primary requirement must be met in order for us to even bother looking at the CV don't waste our time by sending us someone who doesn't meet all of the primary requirements Um, if that's not established up front which hopefully it is to uh, avoid wasting your time and writing this email and registering the person potentially for no reason in the first place then." Hopefully, very quickly. After having sent over an incorrect profile, you will be uh, corrected and uh, not make the same mistake twice. So, uh, technical match that is. Um, current salary slash expectation. Now, sometimes uh, you know candidates may not want this information to be put forward in the first place. Not a problem. We can always say, look, you know, you can go into an interview process and. Uh, explain your situation and explain um, you know what it is you're looking for and and have them evaluate you on the basis of where they think you'd be priced in the market if you're changing countries and changing currencies obviously difficult to evaluate because changing costs of living uh, changing economies etc um, can be difficult to then position yourself correctly within the marketplace so sometimes people have all kinds of reasons but you know then again sometimes people have uh, reasons that they have that are perhaps they are looking for an unrealistic salary increase um which isn't you know a massive problem if it's if it's going to be that somebody is saying "Oh in order for me to move, this is how much I need." And in order for me to, you know, have a conversation with you and be interested in going forward to positions, this is how much I would need in order to move on. As long as we can present that information up front ahead of time, say, look, this person's happy in their job at the moment, but they would move if you were able to offer them X amount. They understand that, you know, that is above the market rate. For someone with their level of experience, but m- as we mentioned, if you going you know, to want to secure them as a candidate, you're going to have to pay above market rates because they're not actively looking for a job. And candidates are in more and more of a position to be able to do that in the in the current marketplace because IT is massively in demand as an area. Notice period. Um, how much? Uh, I suppose jumping back to salary, whether it's per month, per year, whether it's net salary, any additional package elements that uh, are going to be present there. Uh, If they want any of those to be continued to carry carried over, those also need to be present there. Notice period, um, how, how, how many weeks or months do they have to give before they can leave a company? This typically can range anywhere from, you know, no notice, obviously if they're unemployed, to a week if they're a contractor, up to maybe four weeks if they're a contractor, um, and then four weeks to maybe all the way up to six months if they're a permanent employee, depending on the nature of the organisation, the nature of their role, how easy it would be to replace them, etc. But communicating that, obviously, if a client wants somebody for an immediate project, then they might not necessarily be able to wait around for a particular individual to join them. And need to be told that upfront, so you don't waste your time, they don't waste their time, and you don't waste the candidates' time by putting them forward to a process where, in the end, the cu- the customer will just end up waiting too long for them to join in the first place. So, uh, notice to begin the position that is, and then also their notice to interview. So, you know, typically different kinds of uh, interviews that could take place: telephone call, Skype call, uh, face-to-face interview tend to be the major three so getting that out of the way ahead of time if you can even lock in the candidate's availability up front often very helpful for being able to organize things and um, uh, proactively do so and avoid uh, spending excess time going back and forth saying oh you know they just you came with these times and they said that they can't do those times so Um, Oh, let's get some more times and backwards and forwards and people's calendars changing if it's possible let's say okay you free regularly every week on Friday can you do Friday every single week and they come back and say yes and you say right okay Mr. Client or Mrs. Client uh, they are available from um, this Friday for every Friday and should you want to book in an interview they're available at those times. So that will be perfect. Any other important information? Have they been made redundant? Are they about to be made redundant? Are they in any other processes which are near the end? Are they about to receive a pay rise? Are they about to be moved to a different location in terms of project? Any extraneous information that needs to be included should be... (laughs) need to point it out make it clear to the client. Again, it's all about managing expectations. What about making sure that Uh, Both parties are um, fully aware of each other's situations and uh, that there can be no room for confusion. Contact information if necessary. If your client prefers to organise interviews directly whilst not generally um, a preferred method due to the fact that uh, it removes an element of control, um, visibility on processes, etc., um, if they contact information is required, to be put onto a portal. Um, by all means, you can uh, put that information on there. Typically, telephone number and uh, an email address. Those are the essentials as I see them. Um, often you can include a few uh, different sort of extra fields if you want to go sort of above and beyond in terms of laying out uh, a candidate's information. But at a certain point, you are just repeating what is already in the CV. Perhaps you want to highlight any interesting companies, any interesting uh, projects that they've worked on. But th- there becomes a point where you are just almost copying and pasting elements from their CV into the body of the email and uh, at the end of the day the client's best impression of the candidate is not going to be what you write it's going to be what they've written and the way that they've chosen to present themselves and, and the areas that they've chosen to focus on in their CV. On that note, don't send over people's profiles for roles after they've had a conversation with you indicating that they could do a certain job if their CV then says another thing. If they tell you that they have 10 years .NET experience in C-sharp and their CV presents them as a DevOps engineer, no matter how fervently you present the information within the body of the email, Telling the client that they are a .NET developer, the client is going to read their CV, see that they're a DevOps engineer, and assume that uh, you are mistaken, or um, that at the very least the person is better suited for a DevOps engineer position, and so will not uh, be interested in interviewing them because uh, they, you know, it's just a mismatch in that sense. So the order of the elements. Um, within the email, again, this is getting quite down to the minutiae of things. I don't think it's worth investing too much time. And um, But, you know, with these things, you only have to think about it once, I suppose. And then your order, your, your sort of logically worked out order of these elements uh, can then um, just be implemented across all of your emails. So it's just a template. You just put the information in each time. And uh, that helps to provide some... Uh, an element of uh, of repetition um uh, that often can be a mechanism for ensuring that the client does actually read the information as opposed to um if you present it in a different way each time within the body of the email then there's no familiarity, there's no oh, I can quickly scan through this email and, and pull out the important information it's, oh no, it's written in a different style for so the last time I'm just going to go straight to the CV so especially if you want them to read the emails I definitely recommend sticking with a particular format and, uh, and repeating that. So <clears throat> the order of the elements themselves depending on you know whether for example salary salary expectation current salary it's gonna be good or bad news uh you may want to sort of justify it post talking about uh, the technical match and saying oh yeah this many years of experience that's why they want this much and you know stack it in that kind of order um typically you want to put the bad news last um just so you know if people aren't immediately put off, they start to warm to a particular candidate and say, oh, you know, they've got this JavaScript framework um, that we're really interested in. And then they get to the salary they are more likely to um, have be have already bought in, rather than if you present them with a salary up front, and they think, oh, wow, that is uh, an ex- that is a high salary for um, their, whatever their picture of the profile is at the time. Um, that's a high salary for that. I realize I've missed out perhaps uh, a, a, a sort of a subsection within kind of technical match or requirements match and that is languages. So n- n- are they fluent native um, uh, have they how many years have they been speaking their language for? What would you rate them out of 10 for their language? What do they rate themselves out of 10? Uh, what have they got on the European grading from A1 to C2 uh, you know, have they been speaking that language since birth? Various different ways of uh, of measuring that and, and including that. And sometimes it's not even necessary for uh, people to speak a specific language. Um, within, say, the European countries, um, typically everybody as a baseline is looking for English and obviously for individuals such as myself to be able to communicate with them and presumably the audience of this podcast to be able to be communicate with them um, you are going to uh, <laughs> presumably need to be able to speak English uh, to them um, at least or you're, if you're able to understand me then you speak English or write in English so um, kind of a given I guess so that would be the main point to uh, to highlight in the order of elements if it's going to be something where you're going to need to end up justifying something down the line start with the good news so that they have buy-in if the notice period is six months then you'll really want to highlight the fact that they meet all the primary skills and all of the secondary skills and speak the fluent language that you're looking for and live five minutes from the office but unfortunately they have a six months notice period but they're willing to take this much in terms of their salary, so maybe you know, sandwiching the bad news right at the end, in between mostly good news, some bad news, and then some good news again to wrap up, um, can be an effective method, as well. Jumping back to the the skills match, there. Typically, if somebody doesn't match all the skills, you will have established that up front. But what can be a good technique in order to gain trust with a client who maybe is perhaps uh, newer you that you're working with uh, more recently uh, you've just established a relationship you have just set up with them uh, can be to say they match these primary skills unfortunately they don't match these primary skills but they have these secondary skills so again we've said Good news, bad news, good news. So they say, you mentioned that you're looking for all of these things. They have all but one, unfortunately. But then they have half of the secondary skills that you said would be nice to have. So we'll leave the decision in your hands, Mr. Client or Mrs. Client, and uh, make the choice yourself. Obviously, if they specifically highlighted to you that definitely, 100%, absolutely, you should not be sending us anyone who doesn't match all the primary skills, then you know, th- take them at their word and uh, and don't waste their time and your time. So that is everything to cover off for this particular um, phase of the process. The next part of the process will be uh, chasing up for feedback. Hopefully in the cases where obviously clients, uh, you have a good set up relationship. Um, this won't even be necessary they'll get back to you they'll have established when they're going to get back to you but in the cases where you do need to chase up um we'll probably amalgamate the next episode into chasing up for feedback and additionally um then presenting the candidate with the interview request in the first place so thank you very much this has been the young recruiter podcast end of episode two and i look forward to seeing you next time Bye bye Thank you for your vote of confidence. Done and done.